Hey guys, you're listening to Soul Food. My name is Daniel, and I am the pastor of a church called Soul here at Alostar in Malaysia. In this podcast, we will dive into conversations that will help us with our views of certain habits and behaviors that take place in our culture. As you're listening, I'm sure you'll learn a thing or two, but I believe this podcast will help you to expand your perspective. This is Soul Food. Let's dive right in. With all that has been taking place in America, I can't help but to think about us in Malaysia and what we are facing as well. And I begin to think about this group of minority that we seldom talk about. And today I have a man on this podcast who will share his experience. Now, he has worked with this group of minority for the longest period of time. And this group of people, of course, they are the ex-prisoners, the ex-convicts. So they have come out of prison, families have rejected them, Nobody want to hire them. They have nowhere to go. And today, I'm just excited to have this man to share his story, like I've mentioned. How are you, Pa? Well, I'm fine. Thank you, Dan. Um, but yeah, growing up, you know, I, I have been seeing you going to prison every Tuesday and Wednesday to make sure that they are okay. And again, to bring the love of God to them. That's right. And also at the same time to bring hope. Right. That's, that's most important. So, can you maybe tell us, like, how long have you been in this outreach program? Uh, I've been personally been involved for, uh, in the prison ministry for slightly more than 30 years. And um, how did you start in the first place? I remember you had an interesting story. Please share with us. When I saw my pastor uh, pleading with me uh, just to fill in the gap, uh, and so I said, uh, okay, uh, just for this once, because I, I didn't have a passion for them. I didn't like prisoners. I, I didn't want to associate myself with any ex-convicts or convicts themselves because I was doing business, you know, you need to have uh, people of good reputation and standing, you know, you cannot, yeah, be, mixing so with, true. Uh, you cannot be mixing with people with, uh, with a lot of issues, you know, with the law. And so I told my pastor, okay, just, just once, I'll just go in and uh, that's it, okay. Finito. <laughs> but through that journey, something took place. Yeah, that's right. And I remember you had, growing up, you told me about this term. What is that term called again, Ba? It's called technical default. <laughs> technical default. Yeah. But, but because of that technical default, uh, you are in this outreach, in this ministry for the longest period of time. Yeah. What happened from there? Because I remember there was another story um, I think you've been you've been reaching out to them for a while. Yeah, you know, going in and out of prison, bringing hope, sharing yeah. about the love of God. Yeah, but there was this story that really changed it all for you. Can yeah. you please tell us, sir? Yeah, I after my first uh, visit, uh, one of the inmates by the name of Ben. I think you know him. Yes, yes. Uncle Ben. I remember. Yeah. And so um, you know, after I shared with him, so he actually wanted me to come back again I said no no I told him I'm not coming back you know this is my one and only trip uh, and when I went back to the pastor and I told him that uh, you know uh, this particular guy wants me to go back to the prison and, and the pastor said yeah please go you know I said no I'm not going in you know <laughs> and uh, and because at that point of time my pastor was not able to find someone else to take on so that's why I call it a technical default he couldn't find somebody else so I said let me fill in until such time you get someone you know so that's how my journey began 
And amazingly, you know, as I begin to visit, meet up with the different inmates, with all their struggles and challenges and uh, loneliness and, uh, you know, uh, struggles that they were facing, uh, I felt that, you know, there was an opportunity for me to actually uh, encourage them and help them to press on. And that's how my journey began. I like how you brought up about Uncle Ben. Yeah. Uh, I remember growing up seeing Uncle Ben and Uncle yeah. Ben had an amazing story because yeah. I think people's view about ex-convict when they have come out of prison is that they will go back to your old ways, you know, or yeah. they might join their old gang or even if they find work again, they might just be in a low-income area, yeah, yeah. you know, they, go, they have no opportunity in life. But yeah. no, Uncle Ben's story is different. different Can yeah. you please tell us about his story? Uh, when he left uh, the Alistair prison, he came to see me and uh, he said he had a vision, he had a dream about, uh, you know, starting up his own business, uh, being connected to some kind of a business that is related to tourism, uh, sea adventure and, and things like that, boating. And so, uh, so he went to Langkawi. He took the challenge, you know, and uh, from a very humble beginning, you know, uh, of course, Ben uh, is a fantastic artist, you know, he, he can draw very well. And so he drew some, you know, some very nice paintings and uh, sold them and uh, raised up some money. And then from there, amazingly, you know, he ventured into this um, uh, business uh, along the uh, coastal area of uh, in, in Langkawi. And then from there, he really, you know, expanded the business into uh, reaching out uh, in, in the tourism belt uh, in many areas of, uh, you know, boating and, and, and scooters and, and whatever you name it, you know, he was into it. I mean, I would like to thank you, Pa, for reaching out to him because yeah. of what you've done. Yeah. I remember growing up, we've got free jet ski and banana boat yes, rides. Yes, that's right, <laughs> that's right, yeah. I, I was telling you, you know, he had all this... Uh, quite a number of jet skis and yeah. uh, you know, some of these amazing boats that he had in his possession. Yeah. And amazingly how, you know, uh, he was able to fulfill the desires of his heart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And for an inmate, you know, who had nothing, uh, you know, the Lord began to uh, impart upon him that uh, through sheer hard work, uh, you know, he began to see uh, such a success and favor coming upon him. Yeah. I'm just reminded that nothing can stop you. If you really want to pursue it, you know, when there's someone there who can really encourage you and say, hey, you know what, you yeah. can do this. That's right. I think you can really go to distance. And I think Uncle Ben's life yeah. is one of that example. Uh, but going back to an earlier stage part of your story, I mean, it could have been very different because I, I know you have told this story once about how you almost rejected a guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And the whole narrative could have changed. That's right. But something happened. That, that was like a pinnacle moment for you, Pa. That's right. Can you share that story? Yeah. Uh, after being in the so-called prison ministry for slightly more than a year, uh, there was this one particular guy uh, who was uh, due to come out of prison after serving time. And so um, he told me about it. And then to my surprise, uh, he came to look for me. And I was quite flabbergasted, you know, because I... I, I, I was not prepared for people meeting me outside the prison right. walls. You know, uh, you go to the prison, you minister to them, you've got a captive audience and, uh, and, and you are in a safety net. 
And that's it, you know. Now that you are outside the walls of the prison and you're meeting them, it's a completely different ball game. And so what happened was this particular guy, uh, he said uh, he was not able to go home because his wife has rejected him, uh, parents have rejected him, and he had nowhere to go. And he came to see me appealing, perhaps, if I could give him a place to stay and, uh, you know, or some kind of accommodation and, uh, you know, uh, so they can press on. But when I heard about his request, I actually uh, was not prepared for it, you know. I was finding ways and means to uh, actually reject him, uh, trying to tell him, you know, perhaps you should go back to your family, go and see your relatives or your friends. But he kept on saying that, you know, absolutely there's no way he can go back. And if he ever does, it's going to be, uh, you know, to his old forte, you know. Uh, he's going to see his old friends. He's going to be back in crime, into drugs and, and, and whatever that has caused him to be in the prison, you know. And so we were involved in a tussle. And here he was pleading with me. And I was like rejecting. I was like telling him to find another avenue and uh, uh, perhaps a manner in which he could find accommodation. And in that midst of that discussion, intense discussion, uh, he made a very profound statement then, you know, and perhaps that was the turning point in my life when he said, uh, by asking me a question, Quillen, how come that Jesus that you shared with me in the prison is so loving, so caring, he's so full of hope, and with that intention and with that pursuit, I came out, and here am I, uh, talking to you, who actually preached that word, and uh, I wanted to find out more about this caring God, and to my utter amazement, I find this Jesus outside the walls is completely different. Wow. You know, he is not so caring, he is not so loving, he is not a provider, but you spoke about him differently in the prison. So that was a very profound statement, you know, and uh, those very words uh, still rings in my heart, in my mind, and, and that was my turning point, all right, into really caring for them, especially when they come out from prison. I mean, the, the prejudice and the discrimination against them is real. Yep, yep. You know, your, your fear was real, but because I remember you were in a business yeah. arena, yeah. you know, you, you want to make sure you protect your sphere, yeah, you know, you don't, want right. to make, you don't want people to think about you differently. Yeah. But when a statement like that comes out, yeah. you know, and, and I'm, I'm very proud of you, Pa, because you took that risk, yeah. you stepped out in faith, you, you went on that journey yeah, with that right. profound statement, and I think it was a God moment for you. But Pa, I have a confession to make. You know, growing oh, up... <laughs> you're telling me after 30 years. Yes. Huh? I mean, not really okay. after 30 years, but, but, but growing up, you know, I actually didn't like or hated that these guys would stay at home. You yeah. know, like, why, why are they here? Why are they staying in the same room with me? Well, you, know, you had no choice. <laughs> yeah. I had no choice. Like, come on, dad. Like, man. So these guys are sleeping with me and they're staying with me. But you know what? Over the years... Yeah. I, that hate turned into love. Yeah, I, I saw, uh, you know, some of these guys, they love to fellowship with you, hang yeah. out with you, and you too actually impacted. You know, the amazing thing about these guys, you know, they lacked love, family, gathering. You know, they have been running around, hiding, uh, and uh, trying to avoid the authorities. 
And the moment they came to us, remember, they enjoyed the family time. Mm-hmm. They're having the meals together. Yeah, that's right. You know, there's so much of acceptance and love. And uh, in the life of a prisoner, perhaps this is the turning point. It's not so much of the preaching. It's actually exemplifying, you know, love in action. And I think that is what that will bring about a turnaround in their lives. And I think over the years, Dan, I think you know, uh, many of them actually have been impacted uh, through that family encounter uh, by this spending time with us. They were like a big brother to me. Yeah, that's you know. Right. Yeah. Um, and you used to hang out with them. Yeah, I used to hang out with them. And, and uh, actually, they, they took care of us. Yeah, and you I know? remember some of our friends, they were so worried, you know, hey, your kids are hanging out with drug yeah. addicts and gangsters and, you know. But I'm so thankful to God. I think we, I would say the word never. We never had once any bad encounters. It was actually a life transforming, a life changing, and uh, we begin to see uh, every, almost every single one of them, you know, making a new leaf, you know, in their journey. Yeah. Um, it's good that you you brought that up, uh, because that is what actually I want to ask you. Like, a lot of people will begin to think, like, Pastor Quillen, how can you risk your family, your wife, your daughter? Okay, I mean, don't think about the sons first. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Your wife and your daughter, you know, um, bringing an ex coming back home. What was going through your mind and that process? One of the things that, uh, that came to my attention as we met, you know, all these ex-prisoners was the fact that uh, we saw so much of rejection, so much of bitterness, anger, frustration, hopelessness, helplessness. We begin to see in almost every inmate, there is a great desire in wanting to change and to start a new life. But sad to say, son, uh, you know, the society doesn't give them the chance. Uh, you find that, you know, if an ex-convict, if he uh, goes out and looks for a job, you know, knowing that, you know, he wants to start a new life, and when he goes to any particular company and you know, asks for a job, one of the first things they will ask is, where have you been working for the last six months, a year? And the moment when they said, you know, I, I just came out from prison, you know, Dan, Absolutely nobody would want to employ them. That's and so, and so this is uh, the tragedy. And so they will go to 10 companies and every single one of them uh, rejects them. So what do you do? You know, what do they do? You know, so they'll go back to their old ways. And then it's a vicious cycle. And so uh, recognizing, uh, you know, the tragedy, uh, recognizing the, 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 the pitfalls in their lives. And so... That was what that actually uh, made me to seriously ponder and think and perhaps I could uh, journey with them and give them a sense of hope and help them to overcome uh, some of the uh, you know challenges that uh, they have been facing and uh, help them to start a new life and uh, I want to thank God you know it has been uh, quite an exciting journey and we have seen I think you have seen uh, even right now, we have uh, two guys with us. Uh, you know, God is dealing with them and they are starting a new life, yeah. Um, but in this process, I think the real champion here is Mama. Mm-hmm. How was it in the beginning part? Especially that first guy that you brought back home. I mean, how did Mama take it? I think uh, when I reflect and recall um, what God has been doing in our lives, 
um, I think I need to give tribute, honor, and recognize that uh, Mama had uh, played a tremendous role. So when mm-hmm. this guy, remember I talked about, who wanted to stay with us, and finally when I decided to take him on to stay with us, of course, I cannot be making a decision on my own because he has to stay with us. And so I called my mom and, uh, you know, I told her, you know, uh, there is a, a, a situation here and it warrants uh, for a moment of time that uh, this guy has to stay with us, you know, he's an ex-convict. Uh, we do not know much about him. We do not know, you know, his background, old nature, past nature, uh, you know, things like that. But what we know is that he needs help, okay? And uh, I'm so ever thankful to Mama because uh, she, without hesitation, she said, bring him over. Mm. And so I think, uh, and I believe, uh, you know, from that very first guy who came to stay with us, uh, it was not just me alone. I think it was a family affair, you know. Mom was involved, you know, she cooked food for all of us. And then you guys were there hanging out. And so every ex-prisoner, uh, uh, they were encountering you know love in a very special way in a tangible way you know though we were not their biological family members but you know that connection the fellowship that interaction you know the times they have spent together and some of them will even stay with us for about a year you know a year and a half uh, until they are ready to leave and uh, you know be uh, reconciled with their families you know and so uh, you know, we, we want, I, I, I want to take this opportunity to thank Mama and of course, all three of you, okay, Dan, sure, Dad. Uh, Rachel <laughs> and Ned, yeah. uh, thank you guys, I, I think since we are on this podcast, I think I need to recognize you guys, <laughs> so uh, thanks and I really appreciate that because uh, though you have uh, confessed that you are not very yeah. happy about it, but I just want to tell you, you have no choice. <laughs> sure, pa. Uh, but I mean because of your um, bold step and how you have risked in something that you thought it was right at that moment really taught us how to risk it all to love others yeah, as well. You know, right. if you could love a convict, really, you could really love a lot more people. Oh yes, definitely, definitely. You know? Uh, but again, like I mentioned earlier, Pa, you know, the prejudice is real. Yeah. The discrimination is real. And I think I want to highlight something uh, which I know you've, you've always talked about before is that this is not meant for everybody. Yeah. You know, not, not anyone can just have that capacity to, hey, come stay with me, you know, because it's a really long journey. Yeah, that's right. But maybe they don't have to do that. But what are the steps they could do to really minimize the prejudice, to really get rid of that discrimination, what, what would you advise, Pa? I think one of the uh, primary um, moves that uh, one could take on is to find out, you know, find out what uh, prison ministry is all about. Uh, come and talk to our volunteers, you know, we have a team of volunteers, you know. And I want to let you know, we also have engaged ourselves with Malaysian Care, you know, a great partner, you know. Uh, and and uh, we are very much involved not only in the prison but also post prison work because the real work actually begins after they are released from the prison and so there are many opportunities for um, you know whoever is interested in reaching out sometimes you don't even have to meet up with the prisoners you can write letters to them you know you can visit them 
you don't have to, you know, if, if there's some kind of a fear, you know, you're meeting them, you know, you just go to the prison and meet them behind bars, you know, and encourage them. And how about reaching out to their family members, you know? Uh, some of the families, you know, they are so poor. Uh, you know, it's like uh, the mom handling three, four kids, don't have a proper job and, you know, the struggles, the challenges. And so, you know, while the, the prisoner is in the prison, uh, we could reach out to the family members, you know. There, so there are many opportunities. And, uh, and of course, uh, it is a long haul. It's a tough, challenging journey. But the rewards are amazing because we have seen, uh, you know, lives, uh, you know, making a turnaround. And some of these guys have got powerful testimonies, you know, how they have, uh, you know, given up smoking, alcohol, drugs, crime, uh, syndicates, you know, and, and, and they've started a new life. And these are the very guys, you know, who have become a, a, a testimony. And they are able to meet up with other fellow ex-convicts and they are able to share with them, hey, how about let's uh, start a new life, you know. So that, that's how it is, you know. There are, there are many opportunities available. And so for those who are keen to be in partnership with us, please come and see us, you know. And we can actually... Uh, find out where you can fit in, you know. Uh, there are many areas in which you can be engaged in. Sometimes you don't even have to go to the prison, you know. Uh, meet out the family. How about the children? Because these are areas that we can touch base with. Yeah. I think that's important, you know. Like we said, we want to really get rid of that prejudice and discrimination mm. towards the prisoners. And I think if they can be proactive, yeah. Because awareness doesn't just happen overnight, you know, but... That's right, yeah. You know, That's awareness right. is intentional. You've got yeah. to learn it. And yeah. sometimes, um, not sometimes, in school, they, yeah. they don't really educate us. Exactly. You know, yeah. about loving convicts or ex-convicts. So, like, getting in touch with you, um, working with the Malaysian Care, yeah. as you mentioned, I think this will be the avenues to bring awareness to That's people. That's right, yeah. And to all those who are listening today... Um, this would really help you to begin to understand about this outreach program because yeah. after all, they are people. Yeah. Yes, they made a mistake in the past. Yes, you know, their crimes were serious. But yeah. now, as they turn a new leaf, that's right. as they are progressing in life, let us not be the hindrance that's right. for them to improve, but let us be that opportunity for them to really go further. But I just want to let you know, you know, as much as they have a, uh, a past which is not good, but if and when an opportunity is given to them, then I'm telling you, there's so much potential in them. There's a tremendous capacity, you know, of, uh, you know, uh, talents and giftings that they have. Uh, you'll be amazed at what they can do, you know. It could be in the area of skill work, commitment, diligence, you know, all these guys, they're just looking for an opportunity, mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, once given, of course, I'm also uh, mindful there are cases yeah. where, you know, some untoward incidents have taken place. But overall, I want to tell you, you know, we have seen a remarkable, you know, and an incredible breakthrough, you know, in the lives of these ex-convicts when they are given a chance and opportunity. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm sure there were moments where there were some people that came out of prison yeah. and... In your discernment and wisdom, yeah. I'm sure you have like felt that okay, you know what? Maybe not this guy yes, to our yes, home. Right. Maybe I should send him to a center yes, immediately. That's right, that's you know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think uh, it's not like uh, you step in and risk it right, all kind of thing. Right, I think yeah. this is a 
uh, an area and outreach where for the years you begin to learn yes, and all, yes, you know. Right, yeah. So, but I like how you mentioned about the transformation yeah. mm-hmm. that takes place. Yeah. Um, there's another guy that uh, maybe you can share about, about who you know, he, he came out and then you sent him to the center and yeah. his life transformed. Yeah, uh, we've got lots of uh, testimonies to share. But this one particular guy, uh, you know, his name is Quan Chin. Um, you know, he was a chronic addict. Uh, I remember when I, uh, we, we met him in the soup kitchen, you know, feeding the poor program and uh, ex-prisoner. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, we encouraged them, you know, uh, to go to a center. And this particular guy uh, initially for a long time refused. He just refused. And uh, I noticed during that period of time, he was getting uh, very sick and uh, he didn't look very good. And I, I did personally challenge him, hey, Quanshin, hey, why don't you just make a big difference, you know? I mean, there are opportunities available for you, you know? And uh, if you can only step in, you know, uh, you'll be amazed at uh, uh, the kind of breakthroughs that you'll have and, uh, and you can see the potentials that you have uh, just coming. He didn't believe it, but, uh, but because he was not well, and he had not much of an opportunity to take care of himself. He reluctantly took up my offer, all right? And so I sent him to a rehab center, and uh, I just want to give glory to God. You know, this particular guy, he finished his two-year term, and then he was put into internship training program. And today, uh, Kwang Shin, uh, he literally runs a rehab center with more wow. than 70 or 80 uh, drug addicts, ex-prisoners. What under a care. story. You know, I mean, Dan, I mean, you know, um, this guy has got all the experiences, prison life, addic- addiction, you know, poverty, struggles, uh, personality disorders, you know, you talk about trauma, abuse. He has gone through it all. And so he could relate he could relate to every prisoner, you know. Like you and I may have struggles because why we have not taken drugs. So we do not know, uh, you know, how we feel and what are the struggles and challenges. and Especially you know, an addict. Yeah. yeah. And so this guy, having been there and having been rehabilitated, made a breakthrough. And today he's able to actually encourage many other drug addicts and ex-prisoners to start a new life. As you're talking about Quan Xing, um, I'm reminded of one guy that stayed with us, uh, Stephen. Yep, that's right. Um, really, really great guy. And again, it was because of how he experienced love, love he yeah. experienced hope, his life began to change. Oh yeah. You know, and, and he was really a protector. Yep, yep. And right. I, I remember this story so well. <laughs> that's you right. Know, um, well, you know, because like you mentioned, no place to work at all. Yeah. And the church, you need time. Yeah, we will take job. them on and yeah. ask them to do some maintenance, sweeping, cleaning. And they do a great job. Job, yeah. Great yeah, job. You know? yeah. And Stephen took his job to another level. Level, yeah. And what happened was um, somebody tried to be funny, yeah. you know, went into the compound of the church, yeah. went into the church van and tried to steal the radio. Yeah, cassette player. Cassette player. <laughs> And Stephen saw it. Saw it, yeah. Apprehended that guy. And not only apprehended, <laughs> he beat him up. <laughs> beat him up really well. Beat him up really yeah. well. And then uh, y'all brought him to the brought the, yeah, the, 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 the perpetrator to the police yeah, station. Yeah, yeah. And then the police officer even asked, yeah. uh, Siapa yang buat salah? Yeah. <laughs> 
because the guy who actually broke into our van, he was complaining uh, about Stephen, you know, having beaten him up. And the and the cop told him, hey, you better thank him for not, you know, bashing up even more, you yeah. know. <laughs> and so, so yeah. whatever, whatever they have, all the skills they learned in the past, yeah. they're using now for the good, you know. Oh yeah. man, that was a story about yeah. about Stephen. I mean, we got so many, you know, encounters, so many, you know, interesting, you know, stories to share. Yeah. But but we are so thankful to God because uh, you know, every single one of them, they've got a a testimony to share. Uh, uh, a breakthrough, you know, because in all of them, you know, there are potentials. Uh, we just need to tap and give them uh, the grace and journey with them, you know. Uh, you know, these are unlovable people, so to speak. You know, the community at large sees them as unlovable people. But if you really sit down and talk to these prisoners and ex-prisoners, you know what? they are the ones who really need the love most. Wow. There is a great longing in every single one of them that perhaps someone would love me. Because, the, you know, in the general perception of the public, if you are a prisoner, when you carry a tagline, ex-prisoner, you know the shame, the embarrassment, the rejection, yeah. that is not for a short period of time, it's like, it's like forevermore. You know, and so that stigma destroys them. And uh, until someone comes and gets hold of their hand and journeys with them, wow, you know, that's the beginning of a breakthrough. Yeah, and everybody, everybody needs someone to just journey with yeah. them. You know, everybody just needs a friend. Yeah, you know, right. and encouragement. And you never know until you try. Yeah, and I think right. like. Like Pa, you mentioned, uh, technical default. Yeah, technical default. <laughs> so know. maybe some of you are listening to this, you will be part of this technical, technical default. default. <laughs> yeah. So I hope that this podcast will really encourage people in the business field as well. Maybe you could take this opportunity, opportunity to rethink about hiring ex-convicts. Yes. You never know what kind of hope you can bring into their That's life. That's right. Because at the end of the day, like what you mentioned, Pa, if, if no one hires them, yeah. where are they going to work? work. Yeah, that's you right. Know, and, and what's going to happen is that they're just going to return to their former life because yeah. that's the comfort zone. That's right. You yeah. know, I'm not going to sleep on the streets. Yeah. And their former friends are all waiting. Yeah. And their former friends are all waiting. Maybe. You know, so yeah, if you don't want to offer them a job, yeah. So yeah, they just go back to their formal ways and because they, they want to protect themselves yes, as well. that's right. You know what I mean? But yeah. if let's say together, you know, we raise an awareness yeah. to this, you know, people who, are, who have your own business that, hey, maybe you need a handyman. Yeah, true. You know, maybe you need someone to be in the maintenance. And actually some of these ex-convicts, they, they actually might have degrees as well. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, they committed a crime. Yeah. They paid for it. They that's went right. to prison. But true. now, hey, give them an opportunity that's too. That's right. So thank you so much, Pa, for, for sharing about this. And especially oh, this outreach program. It's my joy. It's my pleasure. You know, this is something I think we have done together as a family. Mm -hmm. And we are still doing it. Yep, we're still doing it. In fact, we just had a meal with two yes. ex-prisoners, ex you know. Yeah, before this I podcast. Think that's, that's, what, that's what we do, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we don't segregate them. We don't uh, put them in separate places. Yeah, they stay in different homes. But at least one meal, they'll come and eat with us. I think that speaks a lot, you know. They... Uh, see the acceptance, they see genuine love flowing out. And that's where uh, changes, transformation takes place. Sometimes you don't even have to talk much. Let love in action portray and uh, bring about the reality 
of the power of love be seen in action. I think that that will bring about a remarkable change in their lives. Thank you so much, Pa, for doing this podcast together. Oh, it's a joy. <laughs> I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. Do share it with your friends. Now, if you have any questions, you can DM us on our Instagram at Soul Malaysia.